Hi, this is Bill Arnold. Missed a show or need me talking to help you sleep tonight? I have several solutions to that situation. Here are the podcasts from the show. You are the best for listening and supporting Faith Radio. Afternoons with me. I'm Bill Arnold, and I want to say hello and welcome. I hope you had a great weekend, and I'm looking forward to today. I've got a lot planned today. Uh, today is uh, not only our first broadcast day in May, but today is also Maryland Monday, and it's because it's also so close to Mother's Day, and that Maryland embodies a Proverbs 31 woman. I thought it would be good to celebrate who she is and encourage. All women of faith, and to help me do that is my friend and colleague from the great state of Iowa, Patrick Albanese. Patrick, welcome. Hey, glad to be here. Still collecting the styrofoam cups, are you? Oh, uh, I am indeed. Yep. Yeah. Yep. I, I did pick up a shamrock shake cup for you. I know. Are you, <laughs> those are those are difficult to find because they're only available for a limited time only. I know. Uh, I'll be getting you a couple of those shamrock shakes. Well, what's in a shamrock shake? Oh, who knows? I, food coloring. I don't think yeah, there's an actual shamrock no, flavor. Is no, I there? think it's just some food coloring. Yeah. Well, happy so, May. It's nice to have happy uh, May. Nice to have you on the show to get things started. And like doesn't I said, doesn't feel like May though if it's cold where you are. Um, uh, it is. You know, it yes, is. we've my my wife had the windows open with the heat on today, and we have a mini tornado in the living room. So <laughs> it's just it's forty some odd degrees here. Yeah. I'm, I'm ready for May. I'm ready for the real spring. Well, let's get on with the business of the day because I, I call today yes. Maryland Monday, and I know I know you do as well. So I want to talk about yeah. uh, what embodies a, a Proverbs 31 woman, because that's, uh, that's Maryland. So here yeah. it is. Let's go, let's go over a couple of things. A Proverbs yeah. 30, uh, 31 woman, uh, she loves Jesus with all of her heart. She serves God with her heart, with her mind, and with mm-hmm. her soul. She wants only for his will in her life and to follow his ways. Whew, that's a tall order. That's that, why that was number one, isn't it? That's number one. Yeah, that's number one. So here's another uh, characteristic of uh, Marilyn and a Proverbs 31 woman. She is faithful. A Proverbs 31 mm-hmm. woman respects her husband. She seeks and does good all the days of her life. She's trustworthy and an essential help. She is the bride of Christ. Mm. See, now, and you and I are, are very... Uh, very much, we, we we love the Proverbs 31 woman. You, you and I were, we both lost our fathers at a young age. Yes. And we're essentially raised by our mothers, who were also Proverbs 31 women uh, you know, from, you know, through and through. Mm-hmm. And so uh, it, it does mean a lot to us. Uh, and, and of course, both of us lost our mothers in the last few years. And so uh, we are just we're just really attuned when there's uh, like a, on a Maryland Monday. Mm-hmm. We don't just think about Maryland's on the random Monday when we meet the 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 Maryland that reminds us of that Proverbs 31 woman that also tends to remind us of our of our own mothers. Mm-hmm. Uh, we, we do. I think there's something in I know you and I and a lot of other people out there that see a lot of God's ideal in that. It's mm-hmm. just you know, they stand out. Yeah. That's for sure. Yeah. All right, let's move on. Another uh, quality of a Proverbs 31 woman is uh, she's a loving mother and her children Mm -hmm. call her blessed. Yeah. She's a a woman of virtue that teaches her children the ways of the Father in heaven and nurtures her children with the love of Christ. 
disciples them with care and wisdom, trains them in the way they should go, and prays for them. And probably makes a mean chocolate chip cookie. Oh, yes. <laughs> and that was back when you could eat the dough. I don't think you can't do, you can't, you can't do that anymore, can you? No, can I, don't think you, I don't think you're allowed to anymore. Oh, that was so good. You, 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 know, you remember you would, your mom would take the the um, the beater out of the mixer. There was the three of them that mixed the, mm-hmm. everything together, and they were just coated with chocolate chip cookie dough. <laughs> and here's this this dangerous instrument. And she would let you lick it clean. Yeah, right, right. <laughs> that was a treat. Yeah, full yeah. of Crisco and uh, brown sugar and white sugar and yeah. everything else. <laughs> it was delicious. Yeah. Yeah. All right, another characteristic self, yeah. of a Proverbs 31 woman, and I say this um, w- with great love, is that she uh, is going to take care of her physical, mental, and spiritual health. And that's that's such a loving thing to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's also a, a, a tough thing to do in a, in a world where shortcuts abound. Yes. Uh, you know, it's, uh, I mean, when you and I were, you know, kids— yeah, you know, our grandparents would often say, you know, I, you know, I walked, you know, eight miles barefoot in the snow uphill both ways to school. You and I, of course, remember trudging through shag carpeting to get to the TV set to turn the channel, <laughs> which was every bit as much work. Which was also which was uphill because the floors yeah. were the floors were warped a little. The floors were warped a little bit, you know. And these days, uh, we, we, you know, the, the toughest exercise that sometimes we get is uh, trying to find the rewind button on the remote. Because, <laughs> you know, in my home, it's it's searching for the lamp to turn on so that I can read the numbers on the remote. But uh, so it is harder to do to stay physically, mentally sharp, and your spiritual health. Uh, I think the more comfortable we get it, we t- sometimes uh, God is one of the first things to go. Uh, we think, hey, I'm doing okay. Mm-hmm. I'm doing okay. Mm-hmm. I got it from here, God. Like, I'm pretty good. Yeah. Uh, so uh, that is a, a wonderful attribute. Yeah. You know, taking care let, of all that. Let, let's get back to Marilyn right. Monday. So another <laughs> characteristic. <laughs> I'm talking about Marilyn Monday. I know, I know you are. Another characteristic of a, a Proverbs 31 woman is she serves others with love and kindness. You know, the mm-hmm. kind of woman that not only serves her husband and family and friends, but also strangers with a, a gentle and loving spirit. She is charitable. Yeah. Beautiful. It is beautiful. Yeah. Well, I like that one a All lot. Right. I do too. Uh, you, you meet them at you. Those are the women you often meet at the church. You say, you volunteer every Sunday. After taking care of your family, you're here taking okay. care of us. It's impressive. Yeah. yeah. All right. Here's another characteristic. Uh, a wise steward of the gifts God has given her. She uses resources wisely. She's careful to purchase quality items which her family needs. I mean, just a good, solid um, dose of stewardship. Just mm-hmm. knows how to do things well, which I think yeah. is great. All yeah. right, another another great characteristic on Maryland Monday, which is uh, out of Proverbs 31, is that she is industrious and works with willing hands. You know, sometimes you don't want to work, but a virtuous woman will willingly work with her hands, since will sing praises to God and does not grumble while completing any task. That's impressive. I grumble often. Wow. I grumble as a hobby. <laughs> I, tend to, I tend to grumble a bit. This, by the way, is my wife for the most part, unless you ask her to pick up the kids from school. That's where the grumbling starts. Uh-huh. That's the only, yeah, she says, no, not the snake. Don't make me go on the snake. <laughs> I will do anything. All right, let's get back to Maryland Monday. All right. Yes. Uh, Proverbs 31, another characteristic is uh, a good manager of her home. And she creates um, 
an inviting uh, place of warmth and love in her home. And she she mm-hmm. values hospitality to those who are around her. Another great characteristic of a Proverbs yeah. 31 woman. Why didn't they just call it a Maryland woman? Why uh, didn't they just call it well, that? Yeah. <laughs> it wasn't a popular name back but then when prob- the Bible was written. Yeah, probably not. Yeah. Probably All right, not. here's another one. Uh, she spends her time on that which is good. And, you know, she uses her time wisely. She doesn't spend time dwelling on, on things that do not please the Lord. Hmm. Mm. That's a great characteristic of Proverbs oh, 31. Yeah. yeah, we could all use some of these uh, traits in our life, couldn't we? For oh, yeah. ourselves. Mm-hmm. Yeah, men, women. Yeah. yeah, I like it a lot. She mm-hmm. uh, is another characteristic is creative. She's creative and embraces beauty and godliness. A virtuous uh, woman is a woman that um, has that inner beauty that, that only comes from Christ. And she uses that creativity and sense of style to create beauty in her life and the lives of her loved ones. Mm. Not only kids and grandkids, but great grandkids. That's pretty cool. Yeah. I think this is why we do have a mother's day Mm -hmm. is to honor, you know, uh, someone who embodies these traits. Mm -hmm. Um, now it's, uh, that reminds me that (laughs) that's, uh, that's this coming Sunday. It is. That's Uh, why we're doing it today. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, and Sunday morning is when I'll have the, the men's club meeting in the card aisle at the grocery store. <laughs> <laughs> our annual, our semi-annual, because mm-hmm. uh, we, of course, we meet on Valentine's Day as well. <laughs> <laughs> right. So those are those are some characteristics of, uh, of uh, Proverbs 31 woman, and, and that's uh, also Maryland, and that's why I'm calling it Maryland Monday. So, Patrick, uh, I'm going to take mm-hmm. a short break, and then we come back. I've got a few other things to chat with you about. Always glad to have you on the show to get things started. I always like to start things on a little bit of a lighter note uh, because don't we have enough stress in the world? We're going to talk about that with David Miles on the Monday Afternoon Mix, talking about the Sermon on the Mount and cast your anxiety on God. God wants your stress and anxiety. That's coming up next as well. We'll be right back with Patrick in just a minute. What would you do with a brain if you had one? Do? Why, if I had a brain, I could... I could while away the hours, conferring with the flowers, consulting with the rain. And my head, I'd be scratching while my thoughts were busy hatching if I only had a brain. Welcome back to the show. Welcome to uh, Monday, our first uh, broadcast in May. It's also Maryland Monday. And you know, Patrick... um, there was a lot that happened over the weekend, and I do believe that the uh, Washington, D.C. Correspondents' Dinner was on Saturday or Friday. I'm not sure what day, but I listened to some of the jokes, and uh, I don't know. I wasn't laughing. I don't know if you no, heard any of them. I heard a few of them. I, I think it's – some of them where they're – uh, you know, they're making jokes about how expensive everything has gotten. Yeah, that didn't go over and, too well, did uh, it? I can't imagine it would have gone. It didn't go over well with me. You know, I mean, I can, you know, I go to the grocery store almost every day to just pick up, you know, the things that I don't know how we ran out of them. I know my kids have a side business somewhere, (laughs) 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 but we're out of juice boxes again. And I can see the prices. Some of them are going up dramatically, you know, uh, I mean, you know, gas being near $4 a gallon, although the grocery store, 
uh, was offering 20 cents uh, off a gallon for a flu shot. So I went and I got about 20 flu shots, and I didn't pay for my <laughs> gas at all the other day. Although I am seeing triple at this point in time. I'm just a little bit t- a little bit woozy. Um, yeah, I wasn't. There were things that weren't funny, and you know, when I think one of the jokes was even talking about things are looking up, and then they talked about prices, and they all laughed. I said, "Well, that's actually not funny. It's yeah. a struggle out there. It's so, really a struggle." But I don't think you know. I, it's you and I have have been blessed in life, and we 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 know people that are in that class of people that they don't understand the average struggle for somebody where $4 a gallon for gas makes a difference in their day. You know, they just pay the bill. And I think in Washington, D.C., they're all surrounded by that. They, they, they don't get it. You know, you, you don't want to just say that they're out of touch. It's they, they can't really fathom it. They don't, they don't know how it impacts the average family. Mm-hmm. You know, so yeah, I don't know if that's one of the. Yeah, you know, I think I got tired of those things a few years back. It it, it started to lose its light-hearted nature, you know, and it started to get mean. I mm-hmm. think just a little bit too mean. Mm-hmm. So, now you were you were telling me some of the prices at the grocery store. You think they're up more than eight percent? Sure. Yeah, I mean, some of the staples that I buy. Uh, I can see, like I'll see a dramatic, you know, these little snack bars that I like to get. You yeah. know, they went from you know six twenty nine a box to eight seventy nine for a box of five. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, uh, the graham crackers went up sixty cents a box. Sixty mm. cents. So you, when they go from a dollar twenty nine to a dollar eighty nine, you say that's about a thirty three percent, thirty percent increase right there. And uh, you know, these are things that we we tend to fly through at an alarming rate. Loaf of bread is getting close to five dollars. Mm-hmm. Milk is close to five dollars. You know, eggs are partly due to some of the bird flu going around. But you know, in Iowa, I mean, they they used to give you eggs here, twenty nine cents, take a dozen yeah. eggs. You know, now they're three bucks. So I actually check my eggs now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but you're not going a day without eggs, nor am I. So there you go. I mean, we, we, we don't, yeah. we hem and haw about paying $12 for an omelet, but we still get it. Uh, yes, I know. I, 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 sometimes I have to do those comparisons where, uh, you know, you say, you know, people might complain about the price of a drug that, uh, they need to stay healthy, but, uh, the amount of money they spend on the stuff that makes them not healthy <laughs> greatly overshadows it. Um, and you know, we have to put them in perspective, right? It's, you're not going to not eat your eggs. Yeah. But you feel it. You, you can feel it. Oh, yeah. No, it's definitely, definitely feel it. Um, In fact, today I cracked one open and it had two yolks. I considered that a bonus. Hmm. That's pretty good. That's one of those two yokers. Yeah. This is great. No. <laughs> <laughs> uh, makes me laugh. I got some. Um, oh, this is awfully sweet. Got a nice uh, text message in. Please consider a KT, KTIS Northwestern comedy night with Patrick and some of your other pals. Would be a hit for sure. Wow, that's nice. If I did have that comedy night, yeah, I guess I would invite you. I, it's you know, I mean, you could just put time permitting. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, that'd be fine for me. Yeah, a little bit of time permitting. Yeah. Oh, that's uh. uh and and I oh, guess we, I guess we send someone on a small guilt trip. But on the other subject, there was the element of danger involved in trudging across the carpet to change the channel. You had to figure out how to avoid that nasty static electric electric shock. <laughs> I know that was you would touch that dial, and 
Although, of course, you, you did run the risk that when you got that shock, that for a brief moment, those UHF channels would come in slightly cleaner. <laughs> and so your dad would say something like, keep doing it. Keep doing it, son. <laughs> keep rubbing your feet. <laughs> this hurts, dad. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. I'm with yeah, that. My oh, go ahead. Yeah. I was going to say, I just, uh, that was, you know, I was the remote control in the family because uh, I'm one of eight kids and we didn't have enough places to sit. So I was always on the floor and it was like, you're close to the TV. You, you were on channel duty. You were on channel duty. Yeah. You know, fortunately there were just three channels. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know. But you, you would always be the one that would be told to get up and change the channel. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. My dad called me Charlie for, you know, there were a lot of kids in my family, so I can understand. <laughs> I can understand. Why did he call you Charlie? Uh, my best friend in kindergarten and first grade moved away. It broke my heart. Uh, I lived down the street and we were in school together. We did everything together and he moved away. And uh, uh, so uh, my I, my dad encouraged me to become a pen pal with him and write letters. And for quite a few years, we wrote letters to each other. And so uh, it started with, did you get anything from Charlie in the mail today? And then pretty soon he just started calling me Charlie. <laughs> <laughs> so I was Charlie, a good chunk of my childhood. Yeah. Yeah. Dad would come over and said, Charlie. I was like, you know, it's it's Patrick, but okay. <laughs> <laughs> Well, my grandfather called me Mike a Bob a Pat. Yeah, well, he that just makes sense. Run. That makes yeah, sense. Yeah, he ran through the names of, the, of all the boys in the family till he got one that I responded to. Yeah, so you were Mike a Bob a Pat. I was Mike a Bob a Pat. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> did your uh, Did your mother do that at all? Did she confuse names? I mean, not confuse, but in, in an effort to just call you by your name, she just blurted out a couple on the way to getting Patrick. No, uh, but but my mother, of course, we had a dinner bell. I don't know if anybody, if you had a dinner bell or if you knew people in the neighborhood with a dinner bell. Well, we I were the first dinner, family. Yeah, I yeah. heard dinner bells in the neighborhood for sure. We didn't yeah, have one. So we had the, well, first we had the dinner bell, but nobody else did. And other people said, those Albanese's, they're pretty smart. We're going to get a dinner bell. So now how do you differentiate <laughs> your dinner bell from their dinner bell? Mm -hmm. And then my mom began roll call. So it'd be ring, 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 ring. Get your attention. And Michael, Terry, Bobby, Mary, Carol, Patrick, Rosemary, Diane. She'd run through the whole gamut of names. And we, we were like, Mom, you could stop at Michael. We, we know it's you. <laughs> <laughs> we, we assume the rest of us are invited to dinner. <laughs> so <laughs> just stop at Michael. You don't have to call all of us. Some of us are in the house. <laughs> oh, that's so funny. Yeah. But yeah, we had a dinner bell. But my, yeah, mom got them right every single time, you know. And you know, my dad just called me Charlie because that was a friend's name. Mm -hmm. And then yeah. was it every, everyone at the dinner table seated for dinner? Yes. Yep. And that was a tradition that maintained throughout your whole childhood. It it maintained, and that's uh, where we learned the phrase "may I be excused," and the answer was quite often no. <laughs> <laughs> I, my, my, I think my dad just liked us to, to all stay together. Mm -hmm. Didn't really even like encourage a lot of talking at the dinner table. That we had we had specific rules: no humming and no singing at the <laughs> dinner table. But mm -hmm. my family was not known for breaking out into song. You know, it wasn't like we did musicals at dinner. <laughs> it wasn't you know? Please, can I have some more? <laughs> you know, <laughs> nothing like that. Um, but uh, he liked us to stay together. 
he'd like us to stay together. So uh, often it would be like, wait till everybody's done. Mm-hmm. And would dad ever help uh, your mom uh, with the meal, getting it ready, or would, or would he just wait until the meal was getting ready to be served? Uh, he would wait till the meal was ready. To, usually he walked in when the meal was being served. Okay. It was you when he'd wa- get home from work. He'd just be walking yeah. in from work. And then my mom would say, get it on the table. And, uh, and often my dad didn't never left the dinner table. We'd clear the dishes and he would just take out the work and continue working. Oh boy. You know, and then he put the intercom behind his head so he could communicate with uh, with the the kids upstairs. If we were making too much noise, you know, he would just push the button said, don't make me come up there. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So yeah, I have many visions of my dad just sitting at that dinner table for hours. Uh, He was an, he was an accountant, wasn't he? Yep. So yep. he always had work that he would bring home and, and he would keep keep working after hours, huh? Yeah, till we went to bed. You know, he wow. was, every now and then you could get him to stop to do a puzzle. Uh, I could show him magic tricks because magic tricks are puzzles. He liked those. And, they didn't take uh, long. So, yeah, or build model ships. No, mm-hmm. no. He was a, yeah. you guys would build model ships together. Yeah, yeah. He loved those ships with the, you know, the, the stringed up, you know, masts, you know, like the USS Constitution. He did live to build stuff like that. Mm-hmm. You know, that's what took his mind off of things. Mm-hmm. And calling his kids Charlie. <laughs> <laughs> did your, uh, did you, were you big on nicknames in your family? Uh, yes. Okay. Uh, and I don't understand where some of them came from. I, I had a, a sister that we called Pi. I'm more interested. No idea. I'm more interested in your nickname. Peabody Pueblo. Really? Explain that one. Peabody Pueblo. Uh, this is a, the first time I've heard this. By the way, I've been your friend for yeah. a lot of years. Yeah, Peabody. Uh, I think we were watching the Sherman and Mister the Mister Peabody and Sherman show, <laughs> and my brothers thought that Peabody was a good name for me, but they didn't think it was enough. So. <laughs> I have absolutely no idea why they uh, added Pueblo. Mm-hmm. So they would call me Peabody Pueblo for that's a just bit, to get me riled up. That's when a, it worked. That's a, that's a little <laughs> bit of a tongue twister, too. Peabody Pueblo. Yeah. You can't say that too fast, Peabody Pueblo. <laughs> oh, you ought to talk to my brothers. They could do it pretty quickly. <laughs> well, they had more practice than I do. <laughs> that is true. Yeah. Peabody Pueblo. That was yeah. my nickname. Did you have one? Uh, I did not. Uh, see? I did. I did not. You missed out on some serious teasing. <laughs> I did. I did. Well, Patrick, that was fun. Uh, I just wanted yeah. to say thank you for uh, joining me, uh, as always, on Monday and then celebrating uh, Maryland Monday with me. It's just been a blast. We love Maryland Monday. We do. Hey, thanks for having me. In. We do. Have a great rest of the day. Bye. I'll talk to you next week. Right. Bye. You bet. Patrick Albanese has been my guest and friend to get things started. I hope uh, your day is starting well. This part of your day is going well. Glad you joined me. We're going to take a little break and then the Monday afternoon mix. David Miles is going to be here. Unfortunately, no Rosie today. So is this going to be David and I? We're going to find out just how interesting the Monday afternoon mix is without her. Uh Uh-oh.
where's that sound? That sound you know. What does that sound say? That sound says the... It's time. Yes, it's time. What is it time for? It's time for the Monday afternoon mix. Yeah. Who's on the Monday afternoon mix? Bill Arnold. And? Bill Arnold. And? Rosie. <laughs> and? And some other guy. It'd <laughs> <laughs> be David Miles. I'll, I'll say it's some other guy, which is you. Okay. Yeah. But we're without Rosie today. We are. Yeah. So she's um, not available. So I guess we're going to find out just how good we are. Oh, God's Word is good, so we'll go with oh, that. No, let's go right to God's we'll, Word. We'll go definitely with that. So. Yeah. yeah, we're we're back to uh, the Sermon on the Mount. I love, love, love this passage out of Matthew chapter 6. I think we're looking at verses 25 to 34 today. I'm looking forward to that. Yeah, it's really sweet. It's picking up on our conversation about treasures uh-huh. uh, from verses 19 and 24. This might be the longest time anyone's ever spent on this passage. We've spent a lot of time on Sermon on the Mount. Sermon on the Mount, yeah. It's been great. It has been It's great. so rich. I mean, it's been since um, last summer when my son, DJ, had did uh, this as a devotion on our Boundary Waters trip. Yeah. And it was just so cool. Um, that came back and told you guys about it. And we were like, this is a this is like the bomb. Let's, let's get into this. Mm-hmm. So it's been really neat. And uh, yeah, it's been a while because it's finals week um, for him. So... We've been in this for a good good amount of time with a couple of breaks. Yeah. And a couple of weaves in. No, it's been good. It's been really good. Yeah, super sweet. And so, you know, we're in this section today in chapter 6, verse 25 through uh, 34, and it's on the subject of trusting. And like last week, we were talking about how Jesus was talking about treasures. And he was noting how earthly treasures are insecure and corruptible, but heavenly treasures are secure and incorruptible and makes that really poignant statement of, where your heart is, you know, the cardia, the seat of emotions, um, and seat of decision-making. There, uh, where your treasure is, I'm sorry, there your heart will be also. And so that brings us to, you know, verse 25. And Bill, do you mind reading uh, verse 25? I do not mind at all. Therefore, I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink, or about your body, what you will wear. Is not life more than food and your body more than clothes? Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or stow away in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? That's 25 and 26. 25 and 26, yeah. Should I have done more or less? Um, You know, we can stop right there. Okay. Yeah. So, you know, it's interesting. Today is the second day of May, and uh, May... As someone noted the other day, is the uh, Mental Awareness Month. And so it's interesting, starting off in this passage, in verse, uh, this section, this pericope of this, it says, do not be anxious. And, you know, I don't know, Bill, there's, there might be a you know a couple of things to be, that people have felt anxious, that we feel anxious about it during this time. You got a couple that you can maybe think of that have been going on in the world or locally? I'm sure, yeah. There's There's a lot of them, actually. Yeah. So from folks' health issues, from things with the Ukraine, with things with African um, refugees, with things with, you know, having aging parents, um, children in school, jobs, homes, Mm -hmm. exactly. And so in the midst of all this, it kind of seems a little bit strange that Jesus says, therefore, I tell you, do not be anxious about your life. You know, it's like, uh, wait a minute, Lord. Um, Yeah, I am kind of you know, concerned about things. And so 
I love the fact that Jesus, you know, he cuts, he doesn't just kind of glaze around things. He, he, he acknowledges our anxiety, but he also is going to explain to us why we don't need to be anxious. And I think this is an important word um, for all of us today. You know, um, there's a number of people going through things today, and even as they're driving home right now, there's uh, either things waiting at home or maybe things that they've left at work. And it's beautiful the way that Jesus speaks the reality that our Heavenly Father knows and our Heavenly Father cares. Well said, David. Miles, um, I, I love this passage because as many times as I read it, where it says, do not, do not worry about your life, what you'll eat or drink, or about your body, what you'll wear. Time I read that, I think, well, I, I, on some levels, I've been fortunate enough to not have to worry. I've not gone without meals. I've been able to have clothes to buy and things to wear. So I think of a great percentage of the world's population, though, that are in a very, very different place. Yeah, and was able to see some of that, um, you know, recently, uh, last month on, on a trip in Southeast Asia and observing for people where it is really, give us this day, like today, this moment, our daily bread. As Jesus is going through the Sermon on the Mount, he's addressing the Pharisees. And, and one of the things is that the Pharisees, in their pursuit of material things, had really not learned to live by faith. You know, And so sometimes, um, and this is actually one of the things that comes up in uh, Matthew 13 when Jesus talks about the soils, how the cares of this world are, is one of the examples of soils that just chokes out faith. And so Jesus is saying, you know, don't worry um, about your life, about what you what you will eat and what you will drink, or about your body, about what you'll put on, and he's he's acknowledging these are real needs, like these are real things that are a part of living in this world that we are in, and he says, "Is not life more than food, and the body more than clothing?" You know, is not life more than food? And the body more than the clothing. And so he points out to these two illustrations. And Bill, what do you see as that first illustration that he gives us? Well, looking at the birds. Tweet, they, got, tweet. they have no concerns. They, they're nicely clothed. You know, they've got, uh, they got good bird outfits. And they wear them well. They do. Yeah. They're perfectly beautiful. And they don't um, sow or reap or store away in barns. And yet, is our Heavenly Father feeds them. Yeah, and I mean, like, all the things that we have, including your last breath, that um, uncountable heartbeat that you just took that's known to God, including the hairs on your head, and for us who are bald and maybe shark, you know, shave a couple off for those that are losing it. Now the Bible says that, you know, God um, has your tears in a bottle and he knows what those are. Um, you know, those very things, God knows and he cares about it. He's saying that, you know, our pursuit of them, like the Pharisees really pursued after those things to the exclusive nature of almost having a faith or having, you know, what Jesus said, you know, not the scriptures nor the power of God. And so it's not um, having things. It's when these things possess us or when these things possess and, and drive us to a form of anxiety that's overwhelming. Indeed. Good. So let's move on, because Jesus says, are you not much more valuable than they? Talking about the birds of the air. Can any of you, 
by worrying, add a single hour to your life. Pause. Pause. There we go. Can you? Have you? All your past worrying, has it done anything of value? And often not. I think, um, I can't remember the research on this, but uh, there was a group that had did a study on worry, and they had found that, you know, think what is it oftentimes like 95 percent of the things that we really worry about they actually don't happen you know and so what what did the uh, hymn writer say oh what peace we often forfeit and um do 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 so it's like oh what peace we often forfeit and something else all because we don't take it to the lord in prayer mm-hmm. so we don't actually take it to the source um the source of life mm-hmm because Jesus is the way, he is the truth, and he is the life. And so, as we were talking one time the other day through um, Isaiah chapter 1, you know, where God says, my people committed two sins, you know, they, they have uh, dug empty, um, they have forsaken me, that means to turn away from God, and they've dug empty wells or cisterns is what one of the versions says, you know, and wells that can hold no water. So broken wells. And so um, this this part of the anxiety is we're often looking at ourselves and saying, like, how do I, you know, make this provision come to be? Now, there's a part of responsibility that we have, you know, and also this passage is not neglecting or poo-pooing on the issue of, of um, proper planning. You know, Proverbs speaks to that. The Bible speaks to proper planning and you know the proverb says that you know that even a right man leaves his children's children an inheritance now the greatest inheritance that you can give to your family is a spiritual inheritance in christ you know that can weather the storms of whether you have money or whether you have health or whether you have security or those things those things can come and go but your security in christ that's the inheritance that you that you truly want to give. But on that point is saying it's not that it's an either or, but in your planning, you know, remember who is your source, you know, and as God takes care of the birds that don't have Sam's Club or Costco, can't go to Aldi, but, and don't even really have hands, you know, sorry for the wood, the old wood, Woody Woodpecker fans don't mm-hmm. have hands that, you know, can bake bread, but God provides and so God has provided for us air and breath and life and even the abilities that we have to go and make um, income and to make a living. Those things come from God who sustains us uh, in all things. So good. And again, I'm with Pastor David Miles, and we are uh, in the Monday afternoon mix, and we're without Rosie today, and we're... Uh, in Matthew chapter 6, if you have your Bibles open, you can turn to the passages from verse 25 to 34 as we're looking this over. And maybe, David, we can move on to uh, verse 28 that says, And why do you worry about clothes? See how the flowers of the field grow? They do not labor or spin. Yet I tell you that even Solomon, in all his splendor, was dressed like one of these. If that is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow is thrown into the fire, will he not much more clothe you, you of little faith? Yeah. And so, 
I had this, you know, really neat thing the other day. I was I was coming home and, you know, I stopped at, at the grocery store. Well, I actually stopped to drop off a package and they closed. But it stopped at the grocery store and went in. And there were these beautiful pink roses. And so, you know, so bought them um, for the, the, the queen and the princess in my house, my wife Tammy and my daughter Taylor. And so when I walked in, my son Jackson saw me. Um, and he's like, Dad. And so he took them from me, and he's like, Mom. He got on his knees, and he's like, Mom, I'm bringing these beautiful flowers to you. And I said, yes, it's a gift from the boys. Mm-hmm. You know, but the reality is as beautiful as those, those, those roses are right now, eventually they are going to fade. You know, they're eventually going to go away. And, and Jesus is saying, um, you know, you have this grass that's here. You have these lilies, literally these wild flowers. And one of the words that's actually used there in the original language is even also talking about just common grass, you know, that it's here. And then like a Minnesota winter, it's it's gone, you know, until we get some nice, some rain, um, you know. And so God's like, he's clothed the lily and, and he picks the, the penultimate person. You know, like if you want to say like, who's real GQ back then, you know, that was Solomon. He was the king, you know, richest man who who lived at the time. And, you know, he's saying that even the flowers of the field were not um, arrayed or clothed in such a manner. But this is grass, which is alive today, and tomorrow is thrown into the oven. Will he not much more clothe you, O ye of little faith? And I think Jesus gets to, you know... um, he gets to the crux of things, of, of our faith, you know, our faith in trusting God, our faith in trusting Christ, you know, that we can traffic and become um, theological uh, Christians and be really methodological sound, but we can be practical atheists and experiential atheists, mm-hmm. you know, so we, you know, we're, we're, we're kind of mouthing these things. And I love how one person had noted the, the importance, I think it was Warren's Wearsby had talked about um, to worry, like in verses 30 and 31, you know, it actually produces this loss of testimony because to worry about material things, as he's about to go on and say, you know, um, don't worry about these things because what shall we eat? What shall we drink? What shall we wear? For the Gentiles seek after all these things. And your heavenly Father knows that you need them all. You know, so it's it's not that God doesn't care and that He doesn't know. And Jesus is saying, you know, just the importance of knowing that you do have a Father uh, in heaven. And there's people who trust in this way. If you remember George Mueller, mm-hmm. you know, who's who was a man who who prayed and trusted God for faith. I actually met a gentleman here the other day, and he. Um, he works in just seeing the gospel go out throughout the world. And, and he said, you know, really, I patterned my life after, after that. And, and um, you know, in his work for support and doing missions, and he's like, you know, have watched God provide for the needs of, you know, leaders as I'm praying for things and even for my own family. Mm. We'll take a little break. This is the Monday Afternoon Mix. Pastor David Miles. Uh, No Rosie today, but we'll take a short break and be right back as we continue our study in Matthew chapter 6, verses 25 to 34. Just let me remind you, do not worry, okay? It's all going to be worked out in God's perfect sovereignty. Don't worry. We'll be right back.
feel the mix? It is Monday. You feel the mix? Are you feeling the mix? I do. I feel like the mix. The mix is here. The mix is here. After David Miles. Is that Jazzy? Yeah. Is that that your friend Jazzy? No. (laughs) (laughs) No. Rosie's listening. She just texted me. She did? Yep. She She says we sound something good yeah you know she's being kind you know i think there's there's a reason why the bible says that a quarter three strands is not quickly broken mm-hmm. and so you know definitely you know love rosie she's just an amazing leader and producer and just what a joy and so you know hope, hope feel better soon and all that oh stuff. yeah that's, yes. that's happening as we speak yeah all right let's jump back into this great passage in matthew chapter 6 verses 25 to 34 do not worry that's the headline yeah and you know earlier we were talking at well we were talking at the break about like what is it about worry and being anxious and um you know we, we're blessed today to have you know nat with us today and he's like well it makes you feel like you're doing something if you worry yeah, like if you're worried and if you're you're anxious, it feels like man, I'm 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 doing something. I'm thinking you might not be moving or going anywhere, but you feel like I'm I'm busy doing something. You're showing concern. You're you're right. Yes, you're letting others know that you're engaged in what's going on because look how much I'm worrying. That's helpful, right? Well, Jesus is saying, you know, here in the passage that. Um, no, he's saying, listen, your heavenly father knows that you need all of these things. And so it's like, okay, so what should we do instead of worry? And that's what we love about scripture because God tells us that. And he says, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added unto you. You know, and that word um, first is proton. I mean, like really, it's like the very first thing um, that we need to do is seek God and even allowing God to give wisdom. You know, uh, Deuteronomy chapter eight, it talks about Jesus, uh, you know, the Lord's talking to the Israelites and saying, when you, when you come out of the land of slavery, when you come out of Egypt, you know, and things go well, remember that it is the Lord that gives you power to gain wealth. And so, you know, as we spend time with the Lord, he, you know, can give ideas, give solutions through his word, give instruction on some of the things that we're, that we're worried about. Because, you know, James writes and says that the wisdom from above is first pure, peaceable, you know, and peaceable is the opposite of anxiety, you know. And so allowing God to direct our thoughts, and, and that's a part of presenting ourselves as living sacrifices and not being conformed to the world. Conforming to the world is just to worry in the same way as the Gentiles, as though you don't have a heavenly father, that you, that you, you know, that you don't have a God in heaven who cares. And we just came through Easter, Bill. So the idea of this is that if God gave his only son, shed his, his son's blood for our salvation, and Jesus, as the perfect eternal son, went through all of that on our behalf, you know, then other things are, in light of that, God possible, mm-hmm. you know? And not as, like, it's not like God's like, hey, I'm going to let my son die on a cross and then just completely leave you hanging. But it, it can feel that way. Mm-hmm. David, do you think a lot of us spend a good portion of our life trying to get our arms around this do not worry idea? Yeah, because sometimes it seems like, okay, then what should I do? Mm-hmm. And it seems, and I mean, like, this is like an imperative command. Mm-hmm. 
So, you know, I've seen some commentators, right, even just say the idea that Jesus is saying that, like, worry is sinful because it's like the opposite of faith. But the truth of the matter is we do worry, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. And so um, Jesus does this with his disciples, you know, when he walks on the water to meet them as they're fearful, fearful in the middle of the night. He says, do not fear. But, Bill, you know, this actually speaks to you know, our human condition. Um, For me, you know, I like to say that fear is actually, you know, fear and then tying in anxiety is one of the first negative emotions mentioned in Scripture. So God creates the world perfect. The one true God creates the world perfect. You know, um, a snake comes into the garden. Adam and Eve believe the lie that God the Father is holding out on the good stuff and says, did he really say not to eat? From this tree and they eat and their eyes are open and it says and then they saw that they were naked so god comes walking through the garden and they hid themselves and he says adam where are you it's not that god didn't know where he's at sometimes god god will ask us questions for us to self-discover too in our in our conversation relationship with them and adam says what i hid myself because i was what ashamed ashamed but afraid afraid mm-hmm. you know and so one of the things that happens, and we have to be, you know, mindful of how our culture, because like fear is one of our culture will use fear because fear is one of the top drivers for the economy. Having people be fearful that they're not in if they don't wear these clothes or maybe eat this food or live in this neighborhood. And even, you know, right now as we're wrapping up um, into another political season. I mean, people will use fear and grievance to try to toss the, the, the people around and have them feel like, oh, this person is so bad and, and this situation and, and all of those things. And it can push people to the point of almost having a, you know, theological belief, but a practical atheism. Mm-hmm. And we start to just get so fearful of everything as though God really isn't there. And God is there. And God does care. And Jesus says, but seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. Because sometimes when we're with the Lord and we actually seek him first, we start to see that it's true that in your presence is fullness and joy and at your right hand, uh, joy forevermore. And you start to find that some of these things that you really think or the television screen tells you that you need, that you actually you don't need them, and that really Christ is enough. So I, I think that's an important reminder for us. Mm-hmm. A listener sent me something over the weekend, David, about with inflation and prices going nuts and an unstable economy. Verse 33, but seek his for, first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. It seems like let's keep the main thing the main thing. Seek first his kingdom and his righteousness. Yes. I mean, right now I'm having um, my students in their interpreting scripture class here at Northwestern, and they've been looking exegetically uh, at uh, Philippians chapter 4, you know, verses 10 through 13. And part of looking at that context was to see the verse that people, um, you know, will quote that I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And what Paul is saying as he's writing in this, he's like, um, he starts to look at being both in want 
and being in need. You know, so it's not just the the prosperous time. And so he's writing to the to the Philippian church, and he's saying, you know, I've learned to live in plenty. I've learned to live in want. Um, and he goes, I've learned the secret of that. And then he says, I can do all things through him who gives me strength. The idea of giving strength for whatever situation. Mm-hmm. I mean, like God is faithful in both the the recession and the boom years. And things are, you know, our world might be cyclical. And a number of things, um, but God is is the same today, yesterday, and forever. And actually, this is a perfect time for the body of Christ to really come around. And so, if you're not in a church community, and if you are in a church community, that we really have um, bodies of faith that really care and love one another. Mm-hmm. Thank you, David. Great to have you in studio as always. Thanks, Bill. There's the Monday afternoon mix for you without Rosie B. All right, we're taking a little break, and Ken Samples, who's a philosopher and a theologian, is going to join me next. We're going to talk about do life's most meaningful realities point to God? That's coming up next. Thanks for listening. Programming like this is made available through your support. Information available at MyFaithRadio.com.